Good morning and welcome to Red Ridge United Methodist Church. Would you join me as we pray together this morning? Most merciful Lord, first of all, we just thank you so much that you have ad helped advance technology, Lord, to the point that we can actually do something like this when we can't gather together in person. So Lord, we just thank you for that ability and we thank you for the members of our congregations and our AV teams, Lord, and our musicians that assist in this effort. Lord, I just pray that you be with all who are listening this morning as we come together in one spirit, not in one place, Lord, but in one spirit, to hear your word sung and to hear your word proclaimed. So, Lord, we love you very much, and we thank you for your presence here with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to turn it over to Kim Walls, our music director, who has some music for us this morning. Kim? I hope that these hymns will be a blessing to you and that you'll sing along with us as you know the words. They're both out of the hymn book. Uh, the first one is Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, and it's 133 in our hymn books. And I believe you know this one probably. You know, we miss the hugs that we get in our fellowship at church, but all you got to do is remember you've got God hugging you. Thank you. 
I enjoyed uh, realizing we're going to be singing along with that. Uh, the other song, <clears throat> you know, we are leaning on the everlasting arms, and the reason we can do that is because of the wondrous gift of our Father who gave us eternal life. And um, that was not a cheap gift. It was not a cheap gift. What wondrous love it is that we have that. So in our hymn books, that's 292. What wondrous love is this? And uh, the third verse, the second verse will be a little different from the hymn book. <clears throat>
Amen. Thank you, Kim. That was beautiful. Um, just a, a, a prelude to our message this morning. Um, the next two weeks, you are going to hear pieces of a series uh, that was done a couple of years ago by uh, Reverend Robin Scott, who was my district superintendent a couple of years ago. And we had a study group that met together, and this was a series of messages that was looked at and studied and uh, we were given permission to use. So I've kind of re-updated this a bit. So I uh, encourage you to listen this morning. Our scripture text comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, and then 11b. Through 32. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in desolate living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the fields, 
And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you kill the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for this story, this story where we find ourselves from time to time in different roles, Lord. Speak to us today the message that you would have us to hear from your word here in Luke. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. This is the last few lines of Robert Frost's poem, The Road Not Taken. Many times the roads that we choose lead us everywhere but home. Lent is a time for coming home, though. In the ancient church, it was the season for reconciling Christians who had fallen away from the faith. It was a time for them to come home to the community of the faithful. Jesus tells a story about a son who discovers his father's love only after he has walked away from it. But the father's grace is also a crisis for the older brother who thought that by his very obedience, he had earned a place in the father's house. You know, everyone loses their bearings from time to time. In a world where cross-country moves separate families, divorces fracture lives, even worldwide pandemics send us away from each other and cloistered in our own homes. The road of loneliness, isolation, and regret is heavily traveled. The parable of the prodigal son shows us that the road less traveled 
is indeed the road back home. The younger son is so far away from his home that the way back seems impossible. Sins have stacked up one upon the other. Resentments have built walls. Anger has shut down communication. It truly hurts my heart when I see and hear stories that verify those very words. Years ago, when Bill and I were serving in Jasper, Alabama, we went to church with a man whose son lived right next door to him. Unfortunately, the son had built a wooden wall between his house and his father's. They lived that way for years, living right next door, but never even speaking or communicating. I am reminded this morning of Rembrandt's famous painting of the prodigal. There are many different details, and I encourage you to pull up that picture on your computers later. And as you look at that painting, you will see such detail in Rembrandt's painting. You will notice that the older brother is peeking around a column in the room, watching disapprovingly of what is going on with his father and his younger brother. But then you shift your attention to the father, and you can't help but notice from the features on his face the look of love and welcome and arms that are tenderly holding his youngest son. As you see the father, you can't help but see the younger son. It's a striking picture. The younger son is kneeling on the ground and he is buried up in his father's bosom. You can tell immediately the grief that this younger son is experiencing. But Jesus reminds us that God's arms are always open and waiting to welcome us in. God is waiting on us, eager to forget our past and to start all over brand new. In Christ, the scripture says, we are new creatures a new creation because we, through our new eyes, see things differently. Everything we see looks different. Colors are brighter. Relationships are deeper. We see with new eyes and with new understanding and also with brand new attitudes. 
God will run and embrace even the most wayward of his children. All will be healed. All will be forgiven. All will be reconciled. Death does not have the final word. God does. And it is a word of redeeming grace. No matter how we see ourselves, no matter where we have been, what we have done, God is looking and he sees his child even when we first come into his view. If you were to look in the dictionary like I like to do with words, you will find that the word prodigal simply means extravagantly wasteful. Extravagantly wasteful. Now think about that just a moment. Prodigal means extravagantly wasteful. It's a term that really doesn't apply to either son, if you think about it. But it is a term that perfectly describes the father. The father loves both sons. Not because one or the other deserves it, but simply because it is the nature of the Father to love. And I want to encourage you to pull out your Bibles, perhaps after this broadcast, and to read again the story of the prodigal son found here. And I want you to pay attention to this parable because nowhere in this parable does it mention anything about repentance. There's nothing about forgiving others. There's nothing about confession. In fact, if you remember the story the father sees the son from far away and he goes running to the son. Even before that son can verbalize that speech that he worked so hard to put together. You know, we in the church have this terrible tendency to presume to judge other people, to insist that in order to be accepted into the community of God's family, that you must first confess and repent and be sin-free. God is far more accepting of those 
in the far country than what we have put on them. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Grace, by its very definition, is unmerited. It is unmerited. Always. And it's always surprising. And that is exactly Jesus' point. You will notice in the scriptures that Jesus does not finish the parable. That's because it is up to each of us to decide whether we will stand outside of that great party with our arms folded and our eyebrows knitted in judgment, lost in our own rightness, or to go inside and take our place with everyone else who is only there by their rep, rep, by their relationship with Jesus Christ. The loving Father. The one who gives us not what we deserve, but exactly what we need. I hope you will think about your relationships this morning. Not just the good ones that make you feel all warm and fuzzy and comfortable and good. But even those relationships that are troubling, that rub up against you sometimes. Maybe even those relationships that are fractured for the moment. And I hope that as you take the time to look at those relationships, that you will see how each and every one of them is a part of your journey to come home. Are there relationships in your life that could be better through the grace of the Good Father? As you reread and think about the story of the prodigal, maybe you are the younger son. Maybe you're the older son. Maybe your role at this point is like the father. You could show mercy and love, even and especially if it is undeserved. I want to close this morning with the words of a song that was written several, several years ago by the group Phillips, Craig, and Dean. The song is entitled, Mercy Came Running. Once there was a holy place, evidence of God's embrace. 
and I can almost see mercy's face. Mercy, pressed against the veil, looking down with longing eyes. Mercy must have realized that once his blood was sacrificed, freedom would prevail. And as the sky grew dark, and the earth began to shake with justice no longer in the way. Mercy came running like a prisoner set free past all my failures to the point of my need. When the sin that I carried was all I could see and when I could not reach mercy, Mercy came running to me. Once there was a broken heart, way too human from the start, and all the years left it torn apart, hopeless and afraid. Walls I never meant to build left this prisoner unfulfilled. Freedom called, but even still, it seemed so far away. I was bound by the chains from the wages of my sin. Just when I felt like giving in, mercy came running like a prisoner set free. Past all my failures to the point of my need. When the sin that I carried was all I could see, and when I could not reach mercy, mercy came running to me. Sometimes I still feel so far, so far from where I really should be. He gently calls to my heart, just to remind me, mercy came running like a prisoner set free past all my failures to the point of my need. When the sin that I carried was all I could see and when I could not reach mercy, mercy came running me. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we read the story of your extravagantly wasteful love, Lord, help us to find our place. Whether we have accepted and received that love for all of our life, or, Lord, whether we've been searching for it all of our life. Lord, if we're in a position like the Father to show mercy and love, help us, Lord. We need you now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.